Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Bernie is here. Hello, hello, Alex. Hello. And Mohanad is now unmuted and joined us. Hey, Alex. How's it going? Good, man. You are in a beautiful yellow sweatshirt. What yes. made you decide to wear that today? I'm trying to find some sort of a football connection, but there isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal away? I was I was thinking that, but I'm like, actually, funny story. So my birthday is in February, right, this month. And last February, I just got, you guys remember, I had a birthday party and we barely got it in right before the whole COVID thing. So I just received this week a Arsenal jersey of last year from a close friend, Ali, today, a year <laughs> later. What do you mean? Well, because of COVID, it got a bit late to his house, and then he never got a chance to go to a post office and mail it to me and blah, blah, blah. So I just got it today. So it's a. he said, you know, also happy birthday for this. <laughs> That's fantastic. So wait, it's Arsenal's what, wait, home or away? The, 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 that navy one with the yellow Adidas stripes. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah, that is a nice one. Okay, wicked. Mm-hmm. And and now there's no football, so it's late and you can't wear it anywhere. Yeah, and I, we don't play football anymore. So Right. So yeah. Ali is terrible, basically. Yeah, what it's an awful all, gift. It, it's all stacked up against him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's dive straight in, shall we? Because there is there is a lot. There, I don't know about you guys, but like this weekend was hard to keep up with, man. Just so much. Hard so to much keep up because on. the keepers couldn't couldn't do their job. Goalkeepers are not okay, man. <laughs> I think that's the title of this episode. The keepers are not okay. <laughs> they need like a group therapy session, I think. But we'll, we'll, we'll get. It reminds there. me of that like antivirus campaign. Like, who is watching the keepers? <laughs> <laughs> very true um shall we start then with manchester city for liverpool one sorry liverpool at home one manchester city manchester city four um like obviously liverpool have not been great lately not great at all i think they've only won two games since november or something but i didn't see city battering them this easily and part of that is obviously we'll get to it the goalkeeper thing allison just losing his mind but City just outplayed them. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think it was, especially in that first half, it was a lot of nothingness to me. Like, I know that City had, what was it? Was the first thing the penalty? The, the Gundogan, it was the penalty, right, that he skied? Like, before that, City didn't even have a shot on goal. You know, the Foden as a nine thing wasn't actually working very well, and Raheem Sterling was trying his best to you know, do prime Ronaldinho, uh, Ronaldinho <laughs> around them and nothing was clicking until they got the penalty. And the first half just kind of fizzled to me into, into that kind of nothingness. I didn't, I didn't think anything really happened necessarily. The second half, a lot of things happened, but it still felt like City capitalized on moments and then swarmed Liverpool as opposed to really asserting themselves in the game right from the off. Right. I, I, I know Alex, you're saying like you didn't see this coming. I, I thought City were going to absolutely dominate Liverpool going into this game. I, you know, proof is my FPL. I had two City defenders. I was like, you know, they're not, you know, and, and bar that penalty, I think, you know, I would have been proven right where I, I did not think Liverpool were going to score. Taking City's defensive record into account, taking how bad Liverpool have been playing recently offensively, I just thought City were definitely going to win this game. Um, 
4-1, maybe I wouldn't have predicted, but, you know, this was City were favorites here. And we talked about it when Liverpool played United a couple of times in the last few weeks. We said, this is the best time to play Liverpool. Sorry, did I say City? I meant when Liverpool played United a couple of times recently. We said, this is the best time to play Liverpool. Um, and then, you know what? Recent losses to, what is it, Sheffield and, and United and the Cup and all that good stuff. It was not a good time for Liverpool. And I think City did a good job to capitalize there and, and, and deservedly win the game. Especially after missing what was a horrendous penalty by Gundogan. And like, they asked Pep about the penalty thing after the game because they keep missing penalties. And he, I think he said at the start of the season that Edison, like he joked that Edison might take them. And then this time he said, it's less of a joke now. Like, <laughs> we might need to do this. And I am 100% in favor of that. I think that would be brilliant. I think he did, he did that in like a preseason game. Oh no, he went back to Brazil and played something, and he took took a penalty, and it was pretty good. So maybe maybe they should give it to him. But yeah, Gundogan has been playing out of his skin. It's mm-hmm. they have not missed Kevin De Bruyne at all because Gundogan decided to turn into a, the better version of De Bruyne. <laughs> it's unbelievable what he's doing. Like, he I, turned I, into I a combination of De Bruyne and Aguero. <laughs> like he was exactly what they needed. He's it in was the weird. Box. Sorry, yeah, that's, what I was gonna, that's what I was going to say, Bernie. Actually, it's not about like forget what he's doing. It's just you cannot just develop overnight the knack of being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Like it's not like you know what? Yeah, Gundogan. If he starts dominating midfield and stuff, you're like, okay, well, that's kind of what he needs to do when he's stepping up. Great, well done. But what he's doing has nothing to do with who he is as a player. He's in the he's playing false nine. He's in the box at the right time in the right place. He's almost poaching goals for City. It's just like, you know, even their all their dangerous attacks and things like that. He's just, you look at the screen, he's always in the right spot waiting for that cutback, waiting for a keeper to drop the ball. It's like, you don't just develop that overnight because you've never done it your entire career. It's so weird. It is. It is weird. Well, I, what I will say about this game is that this was a bit of a pep dream in that, you know, like his favorite thing in the world is to have as many midfielders as he could possibly put on a field. And so he had midfielders in midfield, Midfielders up front, and then if you count Zinchenko and Cancelo as midfielders, and they basically are, like, only the goalkeeper and the centre-backs weren't midfielders. <laughs> well, Ederson plays like a deep-lying midfielder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, you know, Gundogan might just be his Fabregas, you know, his Barcelona Fabregas. He's just, you know, he's like, ah, oh, that kind of worked a little bit. Let's try it, City. Yeah, let's take this, like, relatively slow person mm-hmm. who's really short and has no physical attributes whatsoever and turn them into a prolific goal scorer <laughs> i'm telling you mate you guys <laughs> laughed at me he will do anything to not play aguero <laughs> he don't understand. He, he re- he's so happy aguero got covid that covid on him <laughs> <laughs> smallpox blanket like aguero's on the phone like well, I say, yeah, I'm, st- I'm still not well. And Pep's like, oh, that's such a shame, mate. Just <laughs> take your time. Like, don't rush back, you know? Yeah, drink those little South American drinks everyone drinks. <laughs> You'll get better. What, what, what oh, impressed man. me, though, about the City performance, um, like I said, the first half was a bit of a nothingness. But what, what I thought was really impressive was the fact that, and I noticed that at points, and I just checked the stats because I, I never checked it then, was there were so many times where Liverpool just had the ball and they were playing the possession football. And I was like, with all these midfielders, how is this happening? I didn't really, didn't really make sense. And I looked at the stats, and Liverpool had 56% possession and 100 more passes than, than City. Like, I know that Pep Guardiola, that in his soul, looked at, you know, possession it can be whatever. 
But like the number of passes, I know he looks at it and he's like, guys, you won four one, but this is unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> With all these midfielders and and I'm giving Aguero COVID, like having a hundred less pa- actually hundred and forty less passes than Liverpool does not make sense. But that the, it does also speak to what I think is the tactical flexibility, probably the most that Pep has shown in his career because it wasn't going well in the beginning. Then he came out with the whole, we're going to run less thing. And mm-hmm. he's actually played low blocks at times, you know, I think two or three times a season. And we saw him do the thing at Leon, mess change things up. He's changing things up tactically a lot more than we're used to seeing. And look where they are, man. It's working. Well, well those 140 extra passes, you know, you'll get that when you have idea ball in midfield, <laughs> right? That will just happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Alex, I don't know if you're done with City, but at any point when we can move on to Liverpool, that would be fantastic if we could start with Thiago. Though. I can always come back to City. Go, go, sure. go, go. Right, I just want to, you know, look, I know it's a really bad look when I'm talking about Thiago not being a good player. I get it, you know? <laughs> you know, it's an American off, podcast. Off, bro. <laughs> American podcast talking about how Thiago's not a good player. People who know me know he's my favorite type of player. I love it. But I am enjoying the agenda. I just am. And right now... <laughs> This whole fraud watch, this whole like idea ball, you know, it's not all like fake stuff. It's like I look at him like, what did he contribute to Liverpool in six months? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. And I get it. I get it. Liverpool aren't playing the best either, blah, blah, blah. But you are one of the best midfielders in the world. I wanted to see a bit more of an impact. And, you know, you laughed at me when I told you he's not going to be splitting the ball to the striker kind of midfielder. He's just not. He wants to, like I said, spray it out to Trent and Robertson all game long. And will that help you when you're down? Mm, maybe not, you know? I don't know. I just feel it's... I'm enjoying kind of the predicament he finds himself in at Liverpool. I, I, mean, I, I very much do see the funny side. I just think, like, there's always going to be a use for someone passing the ball really well. Like, this is just not... like He might not be doing other things, but, like, that's a useful thing. Sure. I, I think... I think... <laughs> oh man, we can go off on idea ball all day long if we really want to. But I think I think people have made a lot of excuses for this idea ball guy. Like <laughs> you know, in the sense of like, if you look at the midfields, right? You have Gundogan in Gundogan, Rodri, and Bernardo Silva. Like, listen, Gundogan is playing as a striker, <laughs> basically, right? Bernardo Silva is a everywhere you find him pop-up kind of guy. So you really your central midfield is just Rodri. <laughs> like really that's all it is. You have Curtis Join joins Curtis Jones, Wijnaldum, and Thiago, and they still can't, like, overwhelm the midfield? Listen, man, like, he, if you're just going to pass side to side, like, I don't That's really one care. of the things that Pep did say. You talked about how Pep changed a lot this season. He did talk about how they were too narrow, and they needed to start to spread the play out again, the way they did it with Sané, Sterling in the past, and that's kind of what gave them the success that they had. They made the field really big. Recently, we talked about having... Amarez who wants to cut in or Bernardo Silva who wants to cut in, etc. I think you're talking, you're right about the whole, it feels like Rodri's alone in center midfield. And that's because Bernardo Silva is hugging the right touchline. That's not where usually we're used to seeing Bernardo Silva. But if you watch the game, he's up, he's just on the right side with Cancelo playing, you know, one twos on the on the flank. Sterling is 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 just taking up the other side on the left side, really switching the play. So I think it's the three Liverpool midfielders, as many as they are, and they, how you seem like they should be crowding the midfield, there's nothing happening there. It's all down the wings, right? Yeah. No, no, I think that's a really good point. I, I think Bernardo Silva and Cancelo as just like a ticky-tacker keep possession on the right is almost unfair. 
Like that's that's ridiculous. And Mares, um, so they're literally just <laughs> yeah. overloading that side, and that's yeah. where the, all the goals came from. <laughs> Absolute really. Well, no, Sterling, Sterling on the left, like the penalty. What was Sterling's Sterling, bro? And he then killed the, Trent. He killed he, Trent, and the tap-in. The tap-in for the second goal came from Sterling as well. Like he had a really good game, I, but I just I do want to touch on Trent for a second because I saw something in an article today, a suggestion that like Trent is getting kind of rinsed on a weekly basis by mm-hmm. wingers at this point, right? And Liverpool's midfield is struggling. If they had anyone else that they could play at right back, moving Trent into midfield right now might not be a terrible idea, no? Over Curtis Jones, maybe? I mean, Jones, Jones I thought was pretty good, to be honest. I, I, I think but, Jones but is doing like perfectly that. fine, but he is such a liability on, on, on defense that, Alex, it may not be the worst idea. Get him further up the pitch even, although he does manage to get high up the pitch anyway. And then his crossing and shot look can maybe be more useful. But listen, he is one of the worst defenders in this league. Like, just defenders. He, Sterling is not, is not Ronaldinho. He's not. Sterling has a move that you can call, predict from a mile away. And he danced around him. Like, I'm like, what? No, yeah, man, no. It was not a good look for Trent today. Like, forget about the goals and the stuff. It was just the one-on-ones with Sterling. You could see that Sterling had the confidence of, I got this guy every single time. And, you know, I think the penalty, if I'm not mistaken, was Sterling also doing that feint and getting past Robertson, then kind of hitting... Uh, no, Fabinho, he got past... So, yeah, yeah, he got past... Yeah, Sterling. he did. So, uh, yes, yeah, Trent did not have a great game. And again, look, we're not, we're not going to try and reinvent the wheel for Liverpool who have been phenomenal for two or three years or whatever and try and, you know, give them new suggestions. But if it was a team that is trying to, you know, look for something completely different, if they had some centre-backs, you know, Trent and Robertson at wing-back was not maybe the worst idea to change things up a little bit, get them further forward, getting, you know, doing their thing. That way you can maybe drop Firmino too, right? You need to drop one more in attack, something. I'm just I saying like if- it. They've got no centre-backs, so play more centre-backs. Well, they just Bernie, bought two. You heard me say. You heard me say if they had center backs, right? I did, but then also okay. to back you up, they just bought two, so use one of them at least. Jesus, that's <laughs> like, true. Then, then you know what? Idea ball. You don't have to care about that because you can go back to a way crossing the shot ball. <laughs> before we, I, I want to talk about Foden, but before that, just to be realistic, we did talk during the week a lot, and we, we, we mentioned, you know, yes, Liverpool are a bad patch, but to be realistic, not a lot of teams. Can really cope with losing both their center backs and their center back, you know, backups, and then have their two best midfielders play at center back and Henderson and Fabinho, and then bring in, you know, Wijnaldum and, and and Curtis Jones as good as they may be. It's still not, you know, you're so far away from your starting eleven, especially down that, you know, down that spine. Then you add Allison's form. It is it is hard, you know, to see. Yeah, it's just being realistic. It's not. It was never going to happen unless you know they were absolutely phenomenal. Can, um, can, I, can I rebut just a little bit, Alex, sure. before, before you jump in? My the I agree, but I disagree at the same time. Only because like, and again, I know he gave him COVID, but there's no Aguero, right? <laughs> and Gabriel Jesus has not been playing well, and so Pep's dropped him. You have Stones only started playing football again because. All the centre-backs of City got <laughs> got injured, and now they're back and Stones is into, into form. Cancelo playing right back is not a thing because, I mean, he is now, but Walker got injured and is also an idiot and COVID and whatever. And then, of course, you have uh, Kevin De Bruyne. So City have had injuries upon injuries, probably the same amount of injuries to very, very key players. The difference is they have a deep squad, and we talked about this. Liverpool don't have a deep squad. haven't had one for two years. They've kept everyone fit. So... 
this is also a problem that they made by thinking that these old people, because these guys are old, <laughs> like let's Alex be real, had, could be this sustainable. Alex had a stat about this being what the oldest Liverpool squad in a long time. Yes, but also like the the players that have played this season, mm. I think are the oldest average team on the pitch, basically. Right. And um, I think it was like eight out of the eleven players have played eighty percent of the minutes or something. But essentially, Klopp doesn't rotate very much, which we know. Like we've talked about that a lot. Um, in fact, uh, I think towards the end of the game, Simicas came on for Robertson, the left back they bought in the summer. It was like the first time we've seen him all season, and it's February. Mm-hmm. Um, but on Klopp, I do have, well, I've got a couple of Liverpool questions uh, from Twitter. Um, but we all saw Klopp's interview after the game, yeah, where he abused the journalist <laughs> for asking what was maybe a bit of a mundane question, but like a pretty standard football question. What did he say to him? Like, are you out of the title race? <laughs> he's like, he's like, are you, uh, you're 10 points or whatever back. Uh, are you out of the title race? And he's like, actually it's 13 and you had two questions and you wasted your question. This is, we should go and do more research. It's like, mate. <laughs> yeah. And then the journalist kept like trying to, trying to explain or like start his question again. And Klopp was like, no, you had two. No, you had two. It was like Austin Powers with zip it. It was mental. And, then, anyway. and he's like, okay, fine. I'll rephrase it. Are you, do you have to focus on the top four now? He goes, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it, it wasn't a good look for Klopp. And uh, Will, um, at WillGHO on Twitter says, anyone more dislikable in the world football right now than, than Jurgen Klopp? It's, these guys are winners, man. They're like, they're wired in a certain way. And I get it. It would be, it would be great if you can be like this hardcore winner, competitive guy, but also turn it off for like an interview. I just, I get it. I, and yes, like I said, it would be a perfect human being who can be so competitive on the field. And then literally they ask these questions like minutes after the game. And you're like, okay, I'm going to just become this really nice, calm guy. He's seething for 90 minutes, right? These guys conceded when they were down like 13 nail for like a long time. He's just stewing on the sideline. And then, <laughs> You know, it just comes out. This is his release. And there's no excuse. But, yeah, he's been... The thing is, it's not just one interview. It's been like this all season. He just all seems season. to be such a sore loser. He just can't handle it. So, But, but yeah. the thing is, like, it's more important than it sounds because the reason Harry Redknapp, like, got jobs and kept jobs and, and stayed, you know, relevant is because he was always generally really nice to the media. And so they wrote positive stories about him. And Klopp, if he keeps abusing everyone, eventually they're just going to start writing bad things about him when things don't go well, as opposed to having patience with him. And th- these things do lead to lead to sacking. Mm-hmm. Not that I think he's getting sacked anytime soon, but... And, and to directly answer the question, no, Jose Mourinho is still alive, so he's not the most vile creature in football right now. Yeah. But to the point, and Alex, you raise a good point. When, when Jose first came, everyone liked him because of the things that he said, right? Mm-hmm. If he did have a annoyance towards the journalist there was a witty quip or something be like ah that's kind of funny whatever but like Klopp is just losing his mind and he's always had this weirdness about him like and when it comes when he's losing it's worse like going to clap the fans at a 2-2 like are you insane he does insane things he lost last season he blamed the wind it's like he has this in him and losing just really really makes it come out like so so much more and but my problem is he doesn't seem to actually have any answers to his on-pitch problems. Whereas when Pep says crazy things like, well, we don't run. And you're like, what the hell are you talking about? You can verifiably understand why he's saying it by looking at the underlying stats. But with Klopp, it's like, I'm actually just insane. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that, that's totally true. And I think Pep has more strings to his bow tactically. And Klopp maybe has more strings to his bow emotionally. But he's just angry right now. So I'm not, <laughs> not sure how much the emotional stuff is working for him. But um, Jojo... Well, it's just a quick, yeah. quick question about the whole Pep thing you brought up. Is it crazy that I think that if he wins this, the league this season, it's potentially one of his... I know the 100 points and the 100 goals and the whatever, but it's potentially one of his more challenging seasons. Like, I, I just feel he really adapted a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, Bernie talked about, like, three significant adaptations across. It's only been, whatever, eight months or seven months into the season. I feel just the tactical flexibility and dealing with the COVID and dealing with the injuries and dealing with that. I just feel it was a really good season when you just look at it purely from a coach perspective. I completely agree. And and I think the the adaptability and flexibility he's shown in like buying Nathan Ake and completely disappearing him within a month or two is it's really admirable. <laughs> 40 million in a pandemic. <laughs> oh man. Um quickly before we don't exhaust this game, um Foden. Firstly, the goal, I'll say this, I don't think he actually played all that well, but the goal in itself was disgustingly good like you're not allowed to say that but no no backlift like alex do you know how hard he hit that ball <laughs> it, it was a very salah goal that's what impressed me the goal. most it was because like you notice how he shifted and then immediately hit the ball like one there was move. literally like it felt like one move right like there was no time between he shifting the ball and hitting it and generating that amount of power the ball hit the back of the stanchion came right back out i, was, I mean that's you, amazing. you saw you, so, you know, you know how hard that ball is. Allison was praying, bro. Allison was on his knees. Palms, palms clapped. He was, he was right under it. He was right under it and could do nothing. <laughs> that was a finish him moment. Like, Allison was was dazed and concussed and, like, swimming around, and then that just, like, took him out. Un- yeah. Unreal. And, but Allison, though, oh, what a performance. <laughs> and Alex, Alex, you brought up something. You brought up a good point during the game. Stop passing to him. Yeah. He's, he's clearly lost the plot. Right, <laughs> he's clearly completely out of his mind. He does like there was an incident just before the goal where he almost like tripped over his mm-hmm. own feet and gave it to a uh, city attacker. Like, and then one minute after the first one happened, they start passing it back to him again. Look, I know you know people tweeted it and people said on Twitter like, yeah, but this is the philosophy. It's like hardwired into them to play out from the back and stuff. But like, no, 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 sorry, have a bit more agency. And a bit more common sense. And if your goalkeeper is clearly losing his mind, stop passing him the ball. You know? Yeah, or do what or do what um Rudiger did and just pass it to the goal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna get to that. Uh, anyway, I, I want to move off of this game because we've been on it for too long. But um we do have uh, a couple of questions from Jojo at um Mojo Dope Joe on Twitter. And he says of the Liverpool game, um I, <laughs> I, this question is a bit funny. Is this the end of the Klopp era? For a start, um, can any can any club afford Sal- Salah or Mane if they do decide to sell um, either one of them? And he also mentions um, that Liverpool posted a video of Jordan Henderson, uh, a Jordan Henderson shouting compilation. I didn't see this. Did you guys see this? I want to say it was the previous game. I doubt they would have put it for this game after losing 4-1 out. I feel like it was the previous game, but I did see one recently. But if they that did sounds- put one out after a 4-1, then that's... I mean, where's where's Ox telling them what to do? I yeah, saw, I can't imagine it was after this. I saw a tweet, I think, after the game where they were like, 
Jordan, despite losing, Jordan Henderson had the most shouts per shouts per ninety, and uh, it. But to be more effective, he needs to get into a deeper pocket to shout more. Something like that. It was a really well worded tweet. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, right? he needs to peel into the left channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. But but to 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 the more serious questions. Um, okay, well let, let's quickly do. Is this the end of the Klopp era? I'm personally saying no. Like well, I think right? I think Liverpool would have to their season would have to cave in on itself and do like a Dortmund Klopp's last season at Dortmund kind of kind of thing. Three, to get three home, yeah. Three home losses in a month after yeah. like eight, 10 years of no home losses or whatever it's been. Like, yeah, I mean, it all depends on the summer. And they fix it. And then to the next question, are they going to lose a money or Salah? Um, yeah, are they going to stick with Firmino at center forward? You know, a lot of things that I just don't know if, yeah, the aging squad, the, you know, no cover for Trent. Is the cover for Robertson any good? You know, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of questions that I think, I don't think it's easy to say one way or another. And I know it sounds crazy to say, is it the end of the club era? Like saying yes, but it's potentially depending on what happens in summer. And, you know, the relationship between him and the owner is like, he asked for center backs after center backs. And they said, no, if he starts, if he feels that he's getting the same treatment in the summer where there's just the cash is not available, maybe. Yeah, it, it all depends on, like you said, what they do in the summertime. And also if Klopp is motivated, because if they're just finishing third, fourth, second, like that kind of thing and not winning, he might get bored. Not bored, but you know what I mean? He might he might be like, nothing much I can do here. And he sounds like the type of guy to me who could decide to walk away because it's not, you know, living up to expectations more than him getting sacked. But I think that's yeah. a long way away still. I, th- I think that's fair. But I, I do also think that like Pep at City, who stayed there longer than he stayed anywhere else, he does realize the, how good the conditions are. Like, he's not going to get this anywhere else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, to, to, to the other question, just quickly, uh, if, Mane, if they did decide to sell Mane or Salah, can you, where do you see those guys going? Anyway? They're both 29. They would both presumably cost around 100 million. No, I, used to think, I used to think that um, Salah would be the first to go because he was making noise. And he's a bigger star, and you have the Madrids and stuff like that. But Madrid are are broker than I thought. So are Barcelona. I think he stays, and I think they try and move San, not Sane. What's his name? Mane for sixty million type of thing, as opposed to hundred million. So I think a PSG or someone I think would would pay money for Mane for fifty think, sixty million. But I can't yeah. see Salah moving. So that's the deal I think is more likely, if at all. That's fair. Yeah, I could I could see PSG moving for money if if they did end up having to sell Mbappe or, or Neymar. I could also see Bayern being interested in either of them if they could get a cut price. Which you're not gonna get on Salah. Like why? <laughs> yeah. <I don't> know. <laughs> like, why? All right, let's move on. Um Manchester United three, Everton three. Uh this was mental and this was also another case of of goalkeeping howlers all over the place. Um Bernie, did you think at 2-0 that this was done? Were you confident? I actually was. Uh, at 2-0, I thought, <laughs> I thought this is over. <laughs> uh, I mean, what was it? There was a Cavani goal from Rashford assist, and then there was Bruno's just absolute piece of fucking magic that we kind of forget because the game ended 3-3. It was, it was a wonderful piece of deception, a wonderful goal. Um, United Rashford's account, cross, though, man, to Cavani. It was oh, good. beautiful. And he's done oh. that. Three times a season now. He's, he did it he's, against Liverpool recently, right? Where that's Kim Milner's hair. Yep. Pass, yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, the United 
account is trying to do this thing of like, well, the Cantona and this goal are the same. Like there's no. like, like there's aspects like whatever, but this is like, you know that thing where they put two goals underneath each other? It's like, don't embarrass yourself. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. Not, like nothing about them was the same other than the, like the area that the shot went in. Yeah. They're just arrogant. That's all those goals, those two goals share in similarity. And I love that, but like, come on, mate. But 2-0 up actually, and then De Gea. Actually, like the, the, so go ahead. The sorry. I, I just I I liked the dummy more than the shot. Mm. Like the, yes. the, the nonchalance of the dummy was outrageous. Yeah, I love that. So that was actually my favorite part. One Bissaka was like, oh, I guess I'm getting this ball. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately gives it back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then yeah. I think at 2-0, like it felt like, well, that was it. And to be fair, United, you know, the United had the game. Everything weren't playing very well. Uh, they just, they weren't as good as United. And then, yeah, that the second half was a bit weird, man. Like, did the Corey goal... <sighs> Brittany, how do you feel about that one? Like, that one was soft. It's bad keeping. On it, it wasn't soft. It was a disgrace. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. It's... De Gea has actually improved this season compared to last season. Like, he's been better. But you have to understand how far down in the shit he was. <laughs> because he's made... He's had goals where he's literally carried the ball into the net this season. So he has not actually been all that good. And this is an example. If you're trying to mount a title challenge, quote-unquote, this is not the human being. Clearly, Allison isn't either. But this is not it. <laughs> like, that goal was disgusting. And if you don't concede that goal, you probably do win the game. And that's why it's so important to have someone that can actually focus the whole game. It's ridiculous. Well, I so, mean, you have Robin yeah. Olsen on the other side also trying to do his oh. best of a day. Like, both keepers were just trying to outdo <laughs> each other oh. with horrendous performances. And we thought, you know, we thought not having Pickford in this game was going to spare us goalkeeping howlers, but it just did not. Like, Everton somehow, they're a club that used to employ Joel Robles, and they've somehow managed to collect worse goalkeepers <laughs> it's really impressive i mean olsen olsen was one of those horrendous monchi purchases when he was at roma for like 18 months and bought so many bad people that they sacked him um and roma took one look at, at olsen and and sold him after a year or loaned him out after a year because no one would buy him I, I just don't understand what everton are doing with him um and the, what he was doing on the mctominay cross i mean that was just embarrassing I'm watching it again. Like he just loses his like it's if one was a disgrace, this was a this was like a clown car. <laughs> oh, I was watching. I was watching. It's on. Like, look, he did slip. Let's be fair. But unfortunately, the agenda is, is written. It is what it is. But he did slip. Okay, and I like. I was so mad. You know, I'm watching this game. It's 2-0 the first half. I'm like, this is ridiculous. United are going to cruise here. And then, you know, 2-2 by the 52nd minute. I'm like, oh, boy, we have a game. Don't mess up. And then, like, a Luke Shaw free kick from, like, the halfway line where Everton have, like, light years of time to prepare for this and just head it out. <laughs> and then I was like, McTominay headers. I'm like, okay, it looks weak. Like, the keeper's going to get this. Then he slips. And I've watched his foot a couple of times. And it's just comical, man, the way his foot slips. It goes in, and now I'm seething. I'm just yeah. like, this is United luck all over. They're going to get away with three points here, and it just ruined my morning. <laughs> Moanin, the description yeah. you just used right now, use the exact same description for the Everton equalizer. Exact, like word for word. You can just change the teams. 
And oh man! Like it was the exact same thing. It was same cross from the same location. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, free kick, and it came in and it, it, it nicked off someone, and then it ended. You know, what was look? This is I think this is little things that separate the greats, and I think what's his name Maguire has been having a great season, but you cannot play safe like that. You have to trust the line, especially with VAR, where they look at like your little, you know, they look at your nipple. Right, you have to trust the line and stick with your line. But to be, you know, the, the leader of that team, and then to drop down like five yards because you don't, you know, you want to play it safe. I think that's what caused the goal at the uh, end of the day. Well, yeah, there were like four Everton players <laughs> running onto it on side by the time it came out of the mixer and bubbled to Dominic Calvert Lewin, who is always in the right place at the right time these days. I mean, it's just that, that I'm, goal I'm had continually impressed. That goal had three calamities to it. One, Axel Twinzebe had literally just come on and committed a foul, which, if I'm honest, is not like if the United won the game, no one would care. You know what I mean? Like it was a guy rushing on, you foul him. Like I get it. Like a lot of people are trying to like say, why did he come on and why did he do that? I'm like, honestly, in my opinion, what is he supposed to do? Like he's in the position where you take the professional foul, as they call it. So I don't blame him for that, but I do think his career might be done because, you know, he got more racist abuse. I'm not sure how you handle that. But then again, the header comes in. Like you said, Maguire isn't, like, holding the line. No one's actually marking those three guys, by the way. United players are marking themselves. And then De Gea doesn't come out big. Like, he literally just looks at Calvin Lewin and goes, nah, he's going to hurt me. And he does this. Instead of, like, he, he makes himself small instead of making himself bigger. And I'm like, I blame De Gea more than I blame almost anyone else in that circumstance he has to be bigger than that has to be braver than that and i'm just like whatever like i'm done i'm done i'm done so, so, so what, bernie are you out of the title race i can't be in a title race when i never said target, i was in it is, is your target <laughs> okay. tough for now you are 10 points away oh sorry 13 you, you, you had one question you had one question okay and you used up your question <laughs> <laughs> I do, have, I do have an actual question, though, from uh, at Cam H on Twitter, who says, uh, well, we discussed Klopp already. He was asking about Klopp, too. But are the comments by Solskjaer uh, regarding title challenges justified, or is he just taking playing mind games to take the pressure off the players? It does sound like they're conceding the title with 15 games to go. Well, he's never, ever said that they were in a title race. He's always said, yeah, but you, know you, you don't count it. You, you don't look at the table until April. So he, what's he going to say now? He's already said that he's not going to be like, Oh, we were in a title race. Like, it's not going to happen. So, I think it's a little bit of nothing. The, the, the fans being like, "Why is he saying that?" He's never I said think it. What before. Bernie, I think what Bernie's saying is that he set this up from a long time ago. So, you know, in right. November he said they're not in a title race, so he can't change his mind now. Uh, he said it like in January when they were top of the table. So, he, what he's doing is on the outside telling all of all of us, "Don't even talk to me about this." Inside, all the players are like. Yeah, we want to win the league. They're not saying that if he's not saying it to them in the background. Well, what he's doing, Bernie, is not parking in Sir Alex Ferguson's parking spot because it would be disloyal. <laughs> That's what he's doing. That, that There's emotional protection. There's loyalty <laughs> protection. You know, all sorts of protection going on. Um, but Bernie, uh, Jojo says, please, can you explain to me what, what is Manchester United? And at what point do you cut ties with Martial? <laughs> Um, you might be surprised my answer. What is Manchester United? They are a good young team on the up. That's it. Um, Martial, I, I would sell him. I would if I can get 40 million. It's, he's had two and a half good seasons out of like it, six. 
the I next Henri for 40 million? I mean, it's a pandemic, man. Like, <laughs> I, t- I take my pandemic money if I can. Um, but if he's willing to to be a sub striker or left winger, I'm okay with it. Like he's had good times at United. It's fine. He can go. That's fine too. But we need to move on from it probably. Here's a serious question though. Seeing your formation changes over the season and all that stuff. And, you know, my shelter played central, didn't work out the best. Rashford a little bit. He's back to his best wide, right? Cavani is kind of solidifying that center forward spot just for his attributes, at least, and kind of how it gels with the rest of the team. Does this mean that next season, you know, assuming, you know, you had your Igalo season, you're going to have your Cavani season. Does this mean next season you need to go out and buy like a center forward that is not a winger? Like not in the mold of Rashford and Martial, but in the mold of like Cavani, like, you know, someone that can lead the line in a different way. Does it seem like that's the solution? In the mold. Ideally, well done. Ideally, yes, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think what you're going to see is you're going to see Cavani for another season. They're going to take up the the second-year option. You're going to see either Diallo shows up and he's amazing or Sancho. And then you're going to see Martial coming off the bench and fighting with Cavani the same way you would. And if Martial is your second option, that's actually pretty deep. So you, you don't you, know you don't really mind. Back? You know who wants to come back to the Premier League apparently? Please don't 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 toy with Lukaku. Lukaku's available, mate. I mean I, he, I heard he's a pretty good player. Hey man, all I know is Martial outscored Lukaku at Manchester United, so I'm okay with it. It's fine. It's fine. Um but yeah, great, great point for everything there. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You do you do know that every day of twenty twenty two Ole is gonna be calling Haaland. And his dad just <laughs> speaking to them in Norwegian every day, 2022, until the release clause kicks in. They're not going to get him, but he'll try. I sincerely hope not. I want nothing to do with it. What? Nothing. Are you, mad? Are nothing, you mad? Nothing to do with it. He's literally why? the only striker I, in the world after all the old listen, guys die. After I'm, I, 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 honestly, die. honestly, I'm very okay with it. I'm very, like, I've had this argument with people. I don't want a single Mino Raiola client ever again. Like, I don't. Like, I, and I mean this sincerely. I don't want anything to do with it. You, Bernie, I want Pogba to leave, even though I like him. I want him to leave because I don't want a single Raiola client ever again. It's literally that simple. And there are a bunch of us who are fighting other people on this. And this is where this is, this is the hill we're dying on. I'm I'm fine with that. It's crazy uh, that you know. Can you can you imagine if you told me when I was whatever twelve or thirteen watching football that I would reject a transfer based on the on the representative of the player <laughs> that, that you don't even have to deal with. Like, yeah. do you want the best striker in the world for the next 15 years? No, because someone else... I'm so serious. This, so that Raiola can be like, oh, he wants to go to Real Madrid. Like, no, absolutely not. Just mute absolutely, him. Right before an important game? Absolutely not. He was really? banned by Juventus and Ajax, by the way, until recently. So this is not, there's a precedent for this. Clubs anyway. have had enough, and I want to be... Bayern Munich won't even deal with him. They openly said, we want nothing to do with Raiola ever. I want to be a principled club. That's all I just, ask for. That's just don't pick, don't pick up when he calls you, man. It's not that <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just want the club to be like Bayern Munich and stand for something. That's it. That's it. Not, I don't, I don't do think that's stand, unreasonable. What do Bayern Munich stand for, really? Like They German stand for winning, and they stand for financial accountability, and they stand for doing the principled thing. Which is yes. not dealing with Mino Raiola, which they yeah. openly said. So I don't know why everyone's like, well, they oh, also pry. Do it. They also pry on like the other 
19 teams in the league and suck all the resources like we talked about that alien I want to be like that too <laughs> <laughs> they, they also stand for getting their, their players to dress up in lederhosen and once a year and pose with a pretzel which, which I think we can all get behind the only thing I don't like is how they're semi-racist yeah there's a hint there's a hint with all the like room and nigger and all those people at the top there yeah yeah, yeah. it anyway. comes through once in a while Speaking of racism, Chelsea 2, Sheffield and Hexton 1. <laughs> Is that why Rudiger scored the own goal? He had enough. <laughs> what an see, see, we talked about how, uh, what's his name, wanted Rudiger at PSG or whatever. And it, it, this is what happened. So he's going to come out and he'll be vindicated. He's like, see, this is why. <laughs> I, I also feel vindicated because it, it was again a case of everyone getting confused when Mendy leaves his line. Mendy took two steps forward. Rudiger didn't know what to do and kicked it past him to his own goal. Yeah, man, Mendy's horrendous off his line. Like when he, like we talked about this, Mendy's not a footballer in any stretch of the imagination. He's a gymnast <laughs> who can stretch really well and jump really far and has good eye-hand coordination. But he really, like someone who cannot pass the ball the way he does and someone who cannot control the way he does, and I don't care if you're a keeper, you cannot be qualified as a football player. You're just not a football player. You are someone who's super athletic that can just jump towards the ball. I genuinely, and I would love someone to explain this to me, but I genuinely don't know how someone like that can be in training almost every day of his life. He's what, like 27 or something, and not improve beyond this. Like, I don't understand it. How can he possibly be this bad with the ball? But, I mean, I get that this is the modern game, but you know when you it's better to not try the things that you can't do? Like, if, a point. Yeah. like if he just decided... I'm going to be a shot stopper, we wouldn't care. You'd be like, okay, that's how it is. And the team can decide how they want to play and build around it, whatever, yada, yada, whatever. But like, he's actively trying to be a modern goalkeeper, which I'm like, just leave it. Just leave it. You can't be better than this. Just leave it. It's, it's like that stat that we saw where, who is it? Is an idiot goalkeeper who comes out all the time to try and get crosses, uh, fumbles them all the time. Like, was don't it come Matt out. Ryan? It was Matt Ryan. <laughs> It was Matt Ryan. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen this. There's a brilliant graph that went around uh, mm-hmm. football Twitter last, last week um, showing goalkeepers and how often they come out to try and claim a cross and how often they succeed in doing so. And, and Matt Ryan was right. At, it, it was like up low to high um, was the succeeding and, and left to right was, was the coming out to get them. And Matt Ryan was far to the right <laughs> in that he comes out all the time. And really low in the succeeds in catching. But he still tries. A for effort. <laughs> hey, this has been a bad week for keepers, man. I know we're not done with Chelsea, but before I forget, Onana, 16 months suspension for steroids. That is bullshit. Um, I, I have yeah. a feeling they're gonna overturn Cast is gonna overturn that. They really need to. Yeah, yeah, like he took a painkiller or something with his girlfriends and it had some random thing in it. Like at this I mean, point, that's what he's saying, players, but like, why would he be lying about this? Like, football players don't just take drugs anymore to try and be good. Like, they get drug tested randomly all the time. Like, Bruno Fernandez got rat- drug tested an hour before his wife was about to give birth. Like, you're not, like these things, you're not going to go just do drugs and not think you're going to get caught. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and also he plays in the Eredivisie. Like, he doesn't need the help. He plays for Ajax. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's no shot stopping to be done. <laughs> no. And go, going back to Chelsea real quick, because I'm watching the highlights again as we're talking. And I know we talked about Rudiger, and I'm just looking at the Timo Werner penalty. Oh, and listen, started. I guess it is, but he 
I don't, I'm focused on Vernon for a second. He looks even awkward doing that. <laughs> okay. Let, let me say this. His assist for Mount's goal is really good. And he wins a penalty. So, like, all in all, not a bad day if you're Timo Werner. But, uh, uh, and, and Mohamed, I'll bring you in here as well. His touch to win the penalty is horrendous. He actually kicks the ball to the defender. It's, if, if, if he doesn't make contact with the keeper, that is actually his worst moment in Chelsea. Like, that's how bad it was. Like, everything that bad that has happened since he joined and all the clips and all the, all the compilations, he's so lucky that there was contact there and it turned into a penalty. But if you literally just take him away from the keeper and he doesn't get that contact, that is a horrendous decision by a supposedly world-class striker. That is just, what, what is your thoughts on how, I get it, you want to push it around him, but you didn't push it around him, you passed it, like, halfway across the field. Like, you, there was no chance of you getting the ball. Even if the defender was, like, so far away, he would have gotten there first. It was such a bad move. And it, it just shows it decision-making is really bad. But, but this actually makes me wonder, like, if that's a penalty. Because there's no way he's getting that ball. Like, the defender's got the ball. Oh, no, nah, that's, not, not, that's, that's not how this works. <laughs> it's a but, penalty. They're uh, going to call that a penalty. But it's Alex, so frustrating. It, it's like, too difficult for them to be like, well, could he ever still reach the ball again? Like, no, nah, it's going to be a penalty. But now you've got a little man in an office looking at it who can literally tell you in two Alex, seconds he's got the no The little man chance. in the office has been, has had his decisions overturned twice since the of the week. <laughs> Forget this little man. Forget this odds yeah. thing. I mean, it's, it's, keepers, it's keepers and referees, man, for a couple of weeks. I mean, we didn't even mention about the whole Diaz-Salah penalty. We didn't even talk about that. Like, there's so no. much refereeing decisions and stuff. But, yeah, with this one, I, I have to say, though, Werner, he keeps playing ahead of, like, he, and Zia is not and Havertz is not because he, with his randomness, can still be quite useful to Chelsea because he's got that raw pace. Yeah. And even though he cannot find his shooting boots, he's been okay in terms of, using the pace to run down the wing and kind of cut back or create chaos or get penalties or whatever it may be. He's been really, I mean, when I say really good, it's worked out for him. That's why he keeps playing, even though he's not having the best of seasons, while the other two don't even have the physical ability. So if the technical is not coming off, then it's useless. But big I, picture, I, I, though. Go, on, Sorry, go, ahead, go ahead, Alex, go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say, I, I get a kick out of the idea of, you know how we all thought he was going to Liverpool for ages? Yeah, get a kick yeah. out of the idea of they replaced Firmino with him, and then he couldn't score. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I if we rate Firmino more than you, then you know <laughs> it's not good. But, but a big picture, Tuchel's uh, well, one draw, two wins. They're now he, fifth. More, I think it's three wins. He's got ten points out of twelve. Oh, they played more. Oh, okay. By the way, when they announced Tuchel, he just showed up, and it was like. There was, I didn't feel like there was an announcement or anything. It was just like, he's coaching. It's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I think he literally <laughs> flew to training. Yeah. <laughs> just walked in there and started doing his work. Didn't even get time to get adjust. Jorginho uh, is now getting all creative. Sometimes hop, sometimes not. Sometimes yeah. maybe hop, sometimes maybe no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't be where they are without penalties, clearly. Um, one point Mason. behind Liverpool, in f- who are in fourth, Chelsea are in fifth. Uh, Mason Mount, still the best player? Mason Mount was fantastic. He's yeah. he's really good. Yeah. Um, What's your problem, though? I, I I just can't like miss him out. I I can't. Why? I, I don't know. I can't. I, he's I can't. like the Ali of like Chelsea, so it's hard. Oh, no, he doesn't have any like controversial. There's nothing controversial no, about not. Mason Mount. I doubt you're going to get porno clips of Mason Mount. Just don't saying. rule it out. He is young in English. <laughs> <laughs> but Tuchel's doing well, right? Like, I mean, I guess it's a small sample size and it can all fall apart. But, like, 
He's one point behind Liverpool right now. He's he's literally in a top four fight where and Lampard Sheffield was have been, relegated. Sheffield have, have been a really hard opposition to a lot of teams recently. So this is not an easy game. Yeah, it's true. No, listen, uh, all you can do is win games and he's doing that. Um, I will say, just a, as a quick caveat, just for Chelsea fans, um, you know, because obviously we don't want you to get ahead of yourselves. Uh, <laughs> Rafa Honigstein was, was on another pod basically saying like Tuchel always starts really well. Like always starts really well, and then something goes wrong. So uh, you know, just yeah. Just but as long as it's not yourself. this season, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm just saying, protect yourself. Um, Alex, Alex, you said he does fine in the beginning. Mm. It is a short-term plan. It is a beginning plan. There's no middle or end. True. Every true, Chelsea true. plan is a beginning plan. So he's perfect for them. They should just sack him and rehire him in September. You know, you know what that <laughs> reminded me of? Um, you guys have seen South Park, right? There's yeah. an episode where. Um, is it South Park? Yeah. Or, or is it Calvin and Hobbes? Alex is starting off really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The opposite of a Tuchel here. But basically, either Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes or Cartman from South Park takes what the first bite out of like 50 apples because he's heard that the, the first bite is the best. That's basically Chelsea's management policy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's it, Calvin and Hobbes. It, it took a while to get there, but we got there in the end. Can I do a segue? Please. Yeah. Speaking of great beginnings, uh, Aston Villa started off really well against Arsenal, didn't they? Fuck you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was a segue worth it. Oh, man. They did start very well. Two minutes in, and Aston Villa are beating Arsenal 1 0. Um, yeah, man. Like, it's weird because the last two games, Aston Villa. The Arsenal one 0 and then Arsenal lost to whoever. Well, who do we lose to? Like, lost someone. Almost everyone. Um, at this point, I don't know. But both games were actually enjoyable-ish. Like <laughs> I could see something happening. We actually played really like the first half versus who did we get? Yeah, first half versus Wolves it was actually one of our best performances all season. Oh, it was sensational first half. Yeah, and then even this game, after the goal, like, I thought we were starting to do stuff. Pepe is playing much better. Like, you're seeing things happen. I was actually quite optimistic, even though we lost these two games. It's a very trust-the-process sort of moment, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, sometimes you win the game, sometimes you don't, but there are enough good things to make you not kill yourself. Um, <laughs> but Bertrand Traore, though, big Bertie Traore, <laughs> what an assist for Watkins. We, I just love this guy. I'm sorry. I know it was against Arsenal, so obviously I didn't enjoy that aspect of it. But like, he's so much fun to watch. There was another yeah. one where he should have scored. Uh, yeah, that turn was great. Though. The, the, he made it like the what did he do? The move that he did to get in the position was wonderful. And then I was like, he tried to chip R- R- Ryan. I think it was in the end. It was like just hit it, hit it. But I don't know. Like you guys, your head's head's gone. Honestly, if you're like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. It's, Whatever. It's like a glass half full nonsense. You lost two games in a row, one nil to Villa. Like, really, you did play the okay, whatever, but you never felt like you were going to get back into the game, really. Right. Like, there's a lot of positives. Come on. First of all, Matthew Ryan is a keeper, one <laughs> hell of a keeper. The Oh, the other thing that is so Arsenal, guys, is since we signed Thomas Party, he has played five times for Arsenal, only competing like two 90 minutes or something compared to his five years of zero injuries at Atletico Madrid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is something wrong with what we're doing because this whole Arsenal injury curse over the last decade is 
um, you know, it's true. It just has to be. I think He's turning the most... into Thomas Partly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thomas Part Time. <laughs> I think the most Arsenal thing in this game, really, and maybe even you could call it the season, is Martinez turning into prime Gigi Buffon. Like, <laughs> even even the free kick save from uh, who took Shaka. that free kick? Shaka. Shaka. Listen. He he's a big lad, right? But he made that look, even though it's a diving save and everything. Another keeper, you go save the season. He palms, he gets his whole palm on that when he has no business getting getting to it. Man is just brilliant. Like I like this guy. It's a sensational save. Honestly, he's up there for signing of the season. Uh, Like there are a few candidates, but he's the difference he has made to Villa is staggering. This was a team that nearly got relegated, like very nearly got relegated last season. And obviously they made other good signings too. Matty Cash has been really good at right back. And and Barkley has been surprisingly good in midfield. He actually embarrassed Granite Xhaka. Watkins, oh, I've got a couple of Watkins stats for you in a second. But uh, yeah, Emi Martin is is just sensational. And he actually, um, he nearly got a, is it like a pre-assist? Anyway, his, his quick counter distribution is really good too. And Mings is killing it, man, at the back. He is killing it this season. Honestly. Honestly, um, he's been but, brilliant. But let, let me give you um, an Ollie Watkins. Oh, he's got he's got four goals in five games, which is obviously very good. Th- this blew my mind, man. And I, I will admit I heard it on another podcast. But he's only missed 10 minutes of football since the start of last season. So one season for Brentford and then this season for Villa. He's only missed 10 minutes of potential football which clearly says to me that he's on drugs. <laughs> what? On, his, on his girlfriend's pills, clearly. <laughs> like, that's insane. Did you see his other stat of like how long it took him to score, um, how many goals in the championship, and now he's almost like at the same rate in the Premier League. Like he's clearly made the step up to the Premier League in terms of his goal scoring rate. And, you know, you, you mentioned Brentford. You talked about how they've produced like three of the top scoring players in England over three seasons in a row. Like the player they signed, what I don't know his name, to replace uh, Watkin is currently the top scorer in I've the division for them. Yeah, so they're, they're clearly doing something right. Maybe if United need a center forward, they should fuck. Uh, go to Brentford? Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind. Just yeah. just on this, Arsenal are now in the bottom half of the table. Mm. So there's that. That's, that's called so, beyond the scroll. Yeah, I had to scroll down. Um, Brady, Brady, before the game today, the Leeds and Crystal Palace game, Arsenal fans, there was a brilliant tweet about if Leeds win, are they leapfrog Arsenal and put us in the bottom half of the table. And if Crystal Palace win, they leapfrog Arsenal and put us in the table. <laughs> so what a time to be an Arsenal fan. Also, also, and again, this might be another good segue, but Southampton are, have a game in hand. And if they win that game in hand, you're further down the table. And Southampton, I actually didn't know this, they've lost five in a row. Mm-hmm. Like, Including 12 like, goals in the last two games. <laughs> I thought that, like, the 9-0 loss was like, you know, oh, we haven't even talked about that. So they lost 9-0 to Man United. Wonderful. But I thought that was, like, the 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 height, right? Like, they were on a good run and then lost 9-0 to Man United. But, like, they've lost five, which changes my whole opinion on the, should they sack Arsenal to or not? <laughs> because now that I know he's lost five, including a 9-0 to Man United, get rid of this guy. We <laughs> sat here over. three weeks ago and we were like, he's really putting himself in line for a big job. And now he's putting himself in the window for unemployment. Oh, there must incredible. be some sort of a, a, a translation issue there with with Hasanoto saying nine 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 all the time, and then his players conceding nine. There must, there's a joke in there somewhere. Very good. Um, just before we before we move on, um, 
Mo, uh, Jojo does ask, how much longer do you give Arteta? Uh, he says personally he's got until next November or so to show results. He doesn't think this team is winning the Europa League or getting into the top six. I have a question of my own. Why can't we move on exactly? <laughs> We're about um, to. So November. So he said, look, we talked about this last week where we said, Arteta is almost lucky that we have bigger issues. <laughs> like, like, you know that joke about how you only need to outrun the slowest guy in the woods, right? Like when there's a bear, you don't need to be faster than the bear. You just need to be faster than the slowest guy. And Arteta just needs to be not our biggest problem. And I feel like he's doing that very well right now. But it's one of those courses where if come the summer, we really fix a lot of gaps and then next season still doesn't look very good. Um, which, you know, I don't have faith in us fixing the gaps, etc. And then there's a whole Gwendozy cloud that's going to come back and the blah, blah, blah. But I think if we do a good summer and Edu follows up with this January selling spree, which, you know, I, I don't like to call it a success because you can, you know, letting players go for free is not successful. But if he does something similar in the summer where, okay, now we've let everyone go and we can bring in some better players and maybe those players on loan, like the answers, we, you know, we'll talk about Willick and Ailey Means and Niles and all that. All that, you know, Reese Nilsson, if they're all kind of cleared out and we replaced with better players, et cetera, et cetera, then Arteta has next season, I think, to... If they, if they re-employ Willian as Gunnosaurus, <laughs> Exactly, help. exactly. I mean, they're the same pace. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, I think... Uh, but isn't I would it, say uh, end of next season. But to your point, right, it's, it's the biggest problem isn't necessarily him, although he is a problem, but he's not the biggest problem. However... How do you solve the problems? Because, as you said, if you have a good summer. But again, when you look at the teams above you, right, you have to have a gargantuan summer to get to their level on the fr- in the gargantuan. first place. Well, you're going to source. But <clears throat> you have to have a huge summer to get to that point. But then you have to have another one. Like, you basically have to do three summers work to get to that so, point. And some coaching. Is- like. Oh, my, my underlying question really is to add to that question is what is the end objective? Like, what is, what does he have to do to be considered a success? Is it top four? Cause if it is, then he's losing his job, but is it stability? Cause if it is, then that's possible. I, I would say it's definitely not like the board hasn't gone to him and said, you have to make top four. No way. Cause they, they understand the situation that they put him in, that they put him in, that they put the club in, right? Like it's been horribly mismanaged from before Arsene Wenger left. Um, it, it's been a total shambles at the level above the manager, right? And and there's there's some acknowledgement there, and there's there's acknowledgement in the job that Edu is doing, and just like clearing people out and saying, forget it, we don't need to try and make money here. And the board are letting them do that. And frankly, the Cronkies have like kicked in money for Pepe, kicked in money for Partey. It's not that they're not backing backing them now. So th- there is an acknowledgement of past mistakes. I just think like given covid as well given it's the first time he's ever managed a club they will be patient with him i don't think they're going to sack him unless unless the, there's a, ne- a genuine chance of relegation but um, but then again but alex he, if you he have a good enough to manager just see progress every year a good enough manager should be able to scale the heights of this nonsense and make it all work like if you're good enough you can make it work regardless right like but experience is important yeah. i think bernie like i think he might become a very good manager but to expect that from him in his first serious job i think I think would be a bit harsh, especially with Arsenal being as unstable as they are and not having the backing of of, the, of, a, of a smart, efficient board. Like, there's a lot going on against him. Mm-hmm. I just feel... So sack him. Like, this is... Well, this, this is the <laughs> And get someone better. It, it, it's not... That's not going to change. Unfortunately, like you said... But you're a big club, have, though. We have like to a big up, club. 
we have to make up for mistakes since 2010, almost. Like, we have a decade of mistakes to make up. I know, up for. you do. And I don't I, think changing a manager will solve it. I know, but act like a big club, man. You're the, you're the third biggest club in, in England. Act like it. The, the I, only, I, I want you guys to act like a big club, so I'm saying. The, the, okay. only, uh, the only argument, that the only thing that, that's really working against Arteta now is that Julian Nagelsmann is like 12 and doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Um, we, we briefly touched on uh, Southampton. They lost 3-2 to Newcastle. Joe Willock obviously scoring a goal. Um, Miguel Almiron scored four goals in all of last season, and he got two. <laughs> he got half of his tally in one game. He's such a funny little player. He looks like a turtle, but like a really quick one. So like Yoshi look, it, on Mario looks, Kart. Yeah, I was just going to say, he looks like a Mario Kart turtle. Yeah, yeah not, definitely not a ninja turtle. No. no. I don't know. That's Mbappe. Head is way too small for that. <laughs> uh, what else happened? Uh, Wolves no no with Leicester. Wolves are so boring. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa. Wow. Minamino scored a goal. Oh, what a hit. Minamino is... Uh, I mean, this game was all about Minamino and Willock. People were just watching the, their new players, and they both delivered. Oh, yeah. Also, when you play against 10 men for that long and you don't win the game, sack Hasenhutl. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, on the back of a 9-0 and then it... Come on, mate, it's unacceptable. They Who got sent have... off for Newcastle? Uh, Hendrick. Hendrick. Like, at the beginning of the second half, he got sent uh, off. And they didn't do anything. Yeah. yeah, he's a weirdo. Um, Wolves, nil. Leicester, nil. Another disappointing result for Brendan Rodgers. Uh, Leeds beat Palace 2-1. Uh, Bamford, again. Lovely. He's great. FPL. He's great for FPL. Yeah, he's fantastic. There, there was one moment, I, I encourage anyone to watch the highlights of this game, because there was one moment where Bamford almost assisted himself. Like, he passed it to himself on the halfway line and then ran clear of the defence and then smashed the ball over the bar. Was, oh, that was wasn't the funny. goal? That wasn't no. the goal? Oh, it's I thought it was. Like, I, know, I know the one. It's almost like it's a really long-distance Burkamp move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Very oh funny. Oh, my God. He's 27 years old? Yeah, he's been on like oh, around the houses. Wow, wow! He's I did a not Chelsea Loney, isn't he? He, uh, was, he yeah. was, yeah, he was. Wow, I was gonna make a suggestion that someone buy him, but forget it. It's twenty-seven. Who, who, would you, who are you gonna? Write? I don't know. Whoever needs a striker, like. So, Manchester United. Everybody. Arsenal yeah. too. Yeah, uh, I mean better than Lacazette. <laughs> Uh, Burnley won, Brighton won. I got nothing to say about that. So Fulham nil, West Ham nil. The only thing is the super. There's, there's Spurs, mate. You oh yeah, Spurs. yeah, yeah. Sorry, West Brom. Yeah, uh, just what what Doctor Tottenham ordered was West Brom, who are so bad. They're so bad. I mean, the Spurs were were obviously much better than they have been in recent games. Like they were horrendous against Chelsea, horrendous against Brighton. Um, Kane came back, which obviously makes the world of difference because they don't know what they're doing when he's not there. Um, and but I we, think uh, at the beginning, like uh, this game, uh, I was just gonna say this game was so early in the morning, so I only tuned into the second half. But honestly, before Kane scored in the 54th minute, like the first 10 minutes when it was nil nil, I was literally in bed, like laughing my ass off at how bad West Brom were. Yeah, I was, I was really. Like it was, it was comedy. Like what I was watching for those ten minutes was absolute pure comedy. The passes that weren't coming off, the horrendous decision making, the kicked. Like there was just so much. I was watching Ainsley <laughs> Milan and I was not touch a ball in midfield for like forty five minutes. It was just I was actually genuinely chuckling for the those first ten minutes at how bad West Brom were as a football team. We were saying like like um, this is a this is a, unfortunate because now Jose is going to get a win 
<laughs> and then maybe be able to salvage something. But I think what this game actually proves is that uh, Harry Kane is actually on drugs, um, unlike other people, and needs to be drug tested immediately. All the every time he's supposed to be injured for weeks, if not months, he comes back in days. <laughs> like, no, I'm sorry, get that man tested. I, I think he just needs a rest. Occasionally. Just needs a rest. They just need to not flog him in every game possible. <laughs> um, the the only point. But you saw how bad is, Vinicius was last game. Yes. Yeah. Granted, <laughs> I mean he's looked okay in the Europa League and against non-league sides, but he was horrendous. <laughs> like he's wanted me to comment. It's like they were withholding the horse placenta unless they absolutely needed it. <laughs> they saw Vinicius and they were like, "All right, guys, get to that mountain and get that horse placenta." <laughs> Bro, Alex talks about Traore from Villa about being this tall, lanky, um, like looks really funny when he runs. Guy Vinicius is the same man. He's so big. He tries he's, to run fast. It just looks hilarious. He is huge. Yeah. He is huge. The the um there's there's only one there's there's one piece of tactical positivity that I give Spurs fans, which is that like Mourinho has started to play in Dombele. Well, a he plays every game, but b he started to play him in in a two, which is which is actually really important for them if they have any hopes of of doing anything because when he plays him as a ten, like he can have these moments of magic, but they have no way of getting the ball to their strikers, their forwards. Can I? Can I tell you the highlight of this game for me? Sure. Let me just confirm it's true. Where is Serge Aurier? Yeah, here it is. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, yeah. I don't think it actually happened because, but it was going to happen. So what's his name? Sissoko. Was he on the bench? Yeah, he was, he was on the okay. bench. So tunnel in. And, the, you know, they scored, they scored in rapid succession. 54th minute, 58th minute. The minute that Son goal ball hit the net, you could see they were showing the um, kind of the bench and Mourinho celebrating. Everybody celebrating around Mourinho. All Mourinho was doing was calling over Sissoko. <laughs> like, that's all he cared about. Everybody celebrating the 2-0 and Mourinho's like looking frantically around, finds Sissoko, starts calling him over. Like, all right, this is time to close it up. I don't think he eventually <laughs> came on, but it was just, I loved it, man. It was so Mourinho. Maybe he changed his mind. Maybe he's trying to be a different man. And he, I, but that was his instinct. Yeah, no, I, I think he was planning to, but then Aurier got injured and he had to bring on Doc. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um anyway, uh it, it is a win, but like I like I warned Chelsea fans, I warned Spurs fans as well, because um they've got Everton in the FA Cup midweek and then they've got City on the weekend. So this one win will be a, a blip, is is what I'm thinking. So um, if City beats Spurs, are they uh are they champions? Spurs? No, City. If City beats Spurs. You mean when? I mean yeah. They're, they're champions yeah. now. <laughs> Spurs isn't going to make a difference. There's still a lot of games to go, man. I mean, if Gundogan gets injured, they're, they're screwed. The, the well, only thing is, coming back. The only thing is that they have a stretch of playing, I think, Chelsea and then some... Either Spurs and Chelsea back-to-back or Chelsea and... Or, never mind. Or, not Arsenal. But, yeah, whatever. There's some That'll tough games fine. back-to-back that they have. So, that's the only thing you can say but what do you mean what do you mean not arsenal whatever hmm? i mean do you want to defend yourself please go ahead <laughs> there we go <laughs> huh well that was conclusive um <laughs> open top bus parade book it now never mind um right we, we've got to sign off but i, I just want to run We've been keeping up with the Inter Miami rumors because they're very funny. Um, so Ryan Shawcross, that looks like it's actually going to happen. 
which is going to, as we said, cost the club a lot of money in sunblock. Um, <laughs> and uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Gibbs, Gosling. unbelievable. Kieran Gibbs uh, apparently will go there at the end of the season too. What? Beckham is just Beckham is just playing fantasy football or football manager or whatever you want to call it. Who signs Kieran Gibbs when they're playing football manager? Well, you know, when he starts small, like if you start with Inter Miami, you sign Gibbs. Well, he started Inter Miami and he went, let me go Latino. He got the Mexican coach, got some guy from Argentina, got some Mexican guys. And he's like, this is how we want to do it. And they failed. And he goes, all right, guys. <laughs> let me reach core. into my British heritage here. <laughs> Bro, the local community is not coming out to watch Ryan Shawcross and Kieran Gibbs. It's not happening. I don't care what you sell at the stadium. It, it, they signed someone Rian else that's a bit more... <laughs> <laughs> They signed someone exciting, didn't they? Recently. Who? Surely not. I, th- I thought... In- Where I did thought, Matuidi like, go? Pic- there was a picture of like Beckham with someone. Oh, Igalo went to Saudi. Is that the one I'm talking about? Yeah, I'll show up. Yeah, is, is Iguain still there? Iguain and, and Matuidi are there. But they're old. That's who we're... Th- Whoa, 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 whoa. You just changed the equation here. So Matuidi, a midfielder of Matuidi. <laughs> Shocker. Wait, Shocker's a defender, isn't he? The center back. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So the spine is Higuain Matuidi of Shocker. <laughs> Honestly, it's disrespectful, disrespectful to MLS. Like, MLS isn't that easy. <laughs> <laughs> Who said it was a good idea to give back him a football club? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we better leave it there. See you next week. Flamingos with Matuidi and Higuain. And why is so crossing here again? Will Smith is the mascot, right? He has to be. Oh my god. Bienvenido a Miami. Bienvenido. Where's Pitbull? Pitbull needs to be the mascot. It has yeah. to be Pitbull. Worldwide, baby. Mr. Oh. 305. <laughs> this is beautiful. Yeah, leave some of that laughing bit at the end. That was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, that is actually a really good spine. Shot cross Matuidi equally. That's so funny. <laughs> like, you know, the, oh, the, 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 the slowest spine in world football. Oh. Oh my god. I can't wait to see who else they get. But why are they signing Shawcross? Like like is MLS so bad they're not producing any talent better than Shawcross's current ability? There's no way. They're just they just don't like, there's know. no way. He just wants names. Like I'm telling you, he's just playing that game. He's like, ah oh, yeah, okay. Oh beautiful. Oh, that's funny. He's just looking for like old mates who want to come out and spend some time in the sun. Because Shawcross was a United Academy mm-hmm. boy. I see what's going on here. Phil mm-hmm. Neville, Shawcross. Uh, there the we go. Phil, Phil Neville's the signing I was thinking about. Mm. <laughs> I just remember news coming out recently. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Anyways. <sighs> Honestly, at this point, like Phil Neville could recruit a couple of, of the ladies and it'd be better than Shawcross. Sure. Seriously. Uh, go sign Marta. Like, Jesus. <laughs> What's her, what's, her what's her name? What's her name went to? What's her name? Yes. What? Is that at least the local Latinos will come? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know who they need to hire? You need to hire that woman linesman. Not from the Premier League, but yeah. from the, those memes. Isn't oh. she Brazil? Yeah. 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 You need to hire that on the, down that left flank. If only the clubs could employ their own linesmen. <laughs>
what's her name? Didn't the woman uh, American lady go to Tottenham and then said hell no and left like in two months? No, she was on loan. Yeah, but she was she was alone for longer than that. Wow. I have no idea. She got COVID, I know that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Reading that Beckham is dumping 11 million of his own money into Inter Miami. I'm like, bruv, if you're doing that and getting Kieran Gibson, fuck us. Midlife, you midlife. Leave America mid, immediately. Midlife crisis, big time. Oh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. we have gone right. far too long, but it was too much fun. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Good right, stuff, boys. See y'all. Have a good night. Uh, take care. Hi Please. to everyone. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.